And the old green hymnal, the Lutheran Book of Worship, or the LBW, there's an introduction. And I've talked about this, I think, in either a sermon or a newsletter or both before, but it bears repeating. There's an introduction. And in it, they're giving a little history of how hymnody and hymnals in the course of the Lutheran Church have been developed and what they've done. And they have a great paragraph on page 6 that says the flowering of popular hymnody is the greatest of artistic contributions of all the Lutheran churches. Not since the early years of the Latin church had there been such an outpouring of hymnists and composers. The Reformation hymn period, once again, opened a channel through which people's thanks and praise for God could flow. And all the while, it sang the gospel into their hearts. I believe that's why we sing in worship. It writes on our hearts the good news of God in Christ Jesus. It places here where words can't quite reach in the same way alone. This Lent, we're going to look at how our liturgy shapes and forms and sings the gospel into our hearts. Specifically, we're going to look at our sung responses to our texts. Did you know? Did you know that every time we have a scripture read, there's an occasion for singing in our liturgy every week? Every time we have a scripture read, there's an occasion for singing. Think about it. The first reading happens, and then what do we do? The psalm. Sometimes we speak it, but sometimes it's sung. So we read a text, and we sing. And the psalms, just as a reminder, are the first hymn book that we have. They are the songs of the Bible. They are the poetry of the Bible. They are our first hymn book as Christians. So we read the first lesson and we sing. We read the second lesson and then what happens? Anthem, right? We sing the anthem. We read the second lesson and we sing. We read the gospel and what happens? Gospel acclamation, yeah. We read the gospel after that, and then I talk for a real long time, but then we sing for a real long time to make up for it. (laughs) We sing. Hear the story, sing. Hear the story, sing. Hear the story, sing. The gospel is put into our hearts in a way hearing the words alone just won't do. Our song that we sing in everyday life as a response to the word made flesh being told to us, walking with us, forming us. We encounter the word here in church, here in worship, and our lives are a song. They express and they share this gospel with our hearts and the hearts of our neighbors in a way that words alone can't. Our lives are a song. We experience the word and we sing. So what's your song? 
I believe it begins with the melody of water. I believe it begins shaped by the same things that our Old Testament, our Psalm, our New Testament, and our Gospel point to today. It points to that beginning of covenant, of promise. We sing not because we have fought the good fight and won. We sing because we have been given a great and marvelous gift. The waters of the first covenant. These were great and terrible waters. They destroyed the whole world. Absolutely destroyed it. And up from it came something new. And even though evil was washed away, the evil that had invaded and pervaded the entire world, and even though all the creation eventually flourished again because of the salvific nature of the ark, and even though this had been God's plan to wipe away the world in this flood, God looks at this and says, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. And just so we can remember that too, just so we can remember that even though God did this once, that's not something God's going to do again, God puts that sign in the sky and says, look at that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that. You will know who I am by what I do, and that I promise not to do again. And then out of that water, we jump into a different water. We jump into the waters of the Jordan that we just got done hearing about in the baptism. That we just, in Jesus' baptism, at the beginning of Epiphany, and we just got done hearing about this earlier in Advent too. We hear for a third time the story of Jesus' baptism, and here in the waters of baptism, we see the waters, we see the dove, we see God speaking, but these are all different. These are God saying, instead of wiping away all of the sin by killing all of the creation, I'm going to wipe away sin by making creation new. By bringing the creation as it is to a new and different understanding of who creation is. And up out of the water comes Jesus, and Jesus begins to act in this new understanding. God made flesh, dwelling among God's people, proclaiming the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. We hear the story and we sing. We hear the story and we sing. We hear the story and we sing. Our story is one that begins with water. Each of you have been washed in the same great and terrible water. Each of you have been washed in the same cleansing waters as the Jordan. Each of you comes up out of the water new, different, not like the old. Our songs, all different, begin the same. You're not who you once were. You're not those old habits. You're not the sins of your past. You're not the sins of your future. You are not defined by those. You are defined 
by this water, which is free, which is everlasting, which is for you. Standing in this water, these next 30-some days of Lent, ask yourself, what is your song? What is your response to hearing this word? Not a response that makes it salvific. Not a response that earns your salvation. That's not something you can do. The water's already washed over you. God's already made God's promises. It's already been done. In this, what's your response? What's your song? God be with you these 30 days. God be with you in the waters. May God create in your hearts a song that speaks the gospel to you and to your neighbors. Amen.